everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's April 2nd. It's 2021, and we have six MLB games to talk about here on today's slate. We are presented by Superdraft.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, Superdraft.com. Use promo code GRINDERS. That way you guys get all the awesome stuff and promos that we're running with them right now. Um, $50, up to $50 instant deposit, and they have a deposit bonus going up for, for $500. It's not instant, but uh, make sure you guys are taking advantage of that as well. They got MLB, NBA, MMA, PGA, NHL. They got all this stuff going on over there on Superdraft. So if you guys haven't checked them out, Make sure you head on over there, check them out. I will have a super draft play of the day um, when we get towards the end of the podcast as well. I'm joined today by Mr. Mr. Theory himself, Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I'm fine. I'm 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 ready for for baseball. I uh, NBA. Like I, I, typically, I'll play till like the playoffs, and now it's kind of like you get to a point where it's like uh, I, I baseball is going to get to the point, Stevie. We're going to get to like July or August. And this happens every year for every sport. You get to a certain point and you're like, when is NFL coming? Because you just get sick of the, like the MLB grind seems to like you're having repetitive groundhog days over and over again. Uh, NBA, you never have the same day over and over again. You just have the same stress over and over again. Yeah. NBA has been super stressful over the last couple of months too. Like it's, it's been rough. This season's been tough because of all the COVID stuff and, not even like COVID. It's just like injury reports don't matter. And everything changes so much that NBA has been, it's been really tough to do like morning grind basketball podcast too, because you're pointing stuff out for rotations and stuff. And by the time it gets to lineup block, everything's changed. So it's, it's been a year. So I'm definitely excited. Baseball's back. Um, Kyle Hendricks played some April Fool's jokes on us. Um, Luis Castillo pay, played some April Fool's jokes on us. So I am I'm ready for day two. Um, I think this slate, six game slates are, are juicy for me, man. Like we're even gonna we're gonna dumpster dive with one of these teams today, too. Um, so we got six games, cores on the slate, some interesting pitching options, and um baseball. Baseball is back. Here we go. Rays, Marlins, Ryan Yarbrough, Pablo Lopez. Um, any interest here in Ryan Yarbrough? Uh, t- I mean, a lot of times I think Yarbrough is over, always overpriced because he's not a he's not a strikeout pitcher, and a lot of times they don't give him much of a leash. I mean, we have to realize that in the beginning of the season, we may not see any starting pitcher pitch much more than a hundred pitches for the first you know start or two or three. So you know you have to be kind of wary on on paying for for you know you're, you're, you need efficiency and i'm and while you know yarborough is facing the marlins like i mean it's i know it's a six game slate but i mean 8300 is like meh like what is he gonna get three strikeouts or something like that but i mean i also rostered hendricks and castillo so like i'm i'm happy with positive points no matter what so maybe maybe i want to take yarborough yeah <sighs> I, I said this yesterday, and if anybody didn't listen yesterday, I think 85 pitches for the first start for any pitcher is, like, awesome. Like, y- you're going to have some guys that are going to throw closer to 100. You're going to have guys throw 60. Um, so the one thing that I do like about Yarbrough is, like, his last start Sunday in the Grapefruit, like, he threw five innings. So, right? Like, that's not terrible. 
8,300 for a guy that doesn't strike anybody out against a team that strikes out a ton against left-handed pitching last season. Uh, he's worth a couple shots in tournaments. Um, especially, I think the roof's going to be closed for this game, too. We'll see. Um, even if it's not, it, it could potentially be decent weather uh, for pitching. And let's go to the other side here. We got Pablo Lopez, a guy that, like, we used at times last season. Like, you know, 25.5% K rate last season, 3.6 XFIP, um, 12.6 swing and strike rate. Like, any interest here in Pablo Lopez? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I I view Lopez as a little bit better strikeout pitcher than Yarbrough. And on this six-game slate, we have uh, tw- out of the 12 pitchers, like there's going to be only four pitchers that are going to be facing a pitcher. I, I mean, remember, we, we're not playing with the universal DH or anything anymore. So these NL batter, these NL pitchers are going to bat. And obviously you have Bauer and Senzatella in cores and don't necessarily like to roster pitchers and cores. Uh, I don't mind the Rays without a DH because, I mean, Zanino is a strikeout machine. Uh, I mean, Yarbrough is, I mean, facing the pitcher. Uh, uh, Meadows strikes out a bunch. Rosarina strikes out. And maybe Yandy Diaz doesn't or Kiermaier. Adames has a plus 20 plus percent uh, strikeout rate. So, like, to me, I like the Lopez side of the game more than Yarbrough. And uh, and it's unlikely that I'm going to be rostering the the Rays on this slate because I think they're a little bit even the batters are a little bit overpriced in the middle of their order. So I I think Lopez is like uh, I I wouldn't want to say SP one on this slate, but you know probably a quality SP two. I think Blake Snell is going to be massive chalk on this slate. Um, you know, with Bauer being in cores and Keuchel not really like a K guy like. I just want to like preference the slate. I, I think Snell SP one super chalk. We'll talk about him more when we get there, but he's going to be the most popular pitcher on the slate. So I think Lopez and maybe even finding another guy in this mid range could be contrarian enough where you could potentially stack like the Dodgers um, in cores and be a little bit different um, because there's some cheap bats. And I think like, Snell at 9,700, you could probably stack the Dodgers with Snell on this slate on DraftKings. So um, it, it gives an option to be different. Good hitting conditions or pitching conditions always in Miami, um, especially if the roof is closed. And Tampa strikes out a ton against right-handed pitching. They did all season last year. I don't care what they did in the playoffs. They strike out a lot against righties. They have power. Um, all right, bats in this game. Let's start here with the Tampa side of things. Like you know, Like you said, they're losing their DH spot. As far as like the hitters go, a Rose Arena is expensive. Wendell's expensive. Low is expensive. Um, Adamus is expensive. I think like the only guy that you could potentially maybe one off here is like Meadows, and he's an outfielder. You're not going to really one off outfielders very often. Yeah, I mean, but the the main thing with the the Ray stack is it'll be low owned. Uh, just like you said before, the pitch and pricing is not prohibitive where. You could play Snell plus SP2 plus Dodger stack. I mean, I think this Dodge, this Dodger stack, they have a 7.2 current implied run total. <laughs> and that, like, there's no other team that has over five. So on a six game slate, the Dodgers are going to be super duper chalk. Cause it's not like it's a slate where we have DeGrom, Cole, Bieber. You know, we have 11K pitchers where it's like, okay, do you take the, do you take the score stack or do you take the pitchers? So, no, this slate, you could take both. So like, do I want to pay these prices for, for the Rays? Probably not. Uh, but 
the, 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 I mean, the upside is that I, I don't see anyone pay, paying 5K or mid 4Ks for, for a raise stack uh, because just, really just for not that much more, you could get the Dodgers. So like for ownership reasons, sure. But uh, but I'm not all that thrilled about that uh, taking a team, losing the DH that strikes out a bunch because, you know, I'm, I'm looking for eight plus runs and I'd rather play Lopez on the other side. And then um, as far as like Miami goes, I, I think like there's someone interesting as maybe like a three-man stack because they do have like Duvall, Anderson, Aguilar in the middle, Marte, Yarbrough could potentially be someone that people are on on this slate. So like I think they're a secondary stack maybe here. What's your thoughts on Miami? Yeah, I mean the main, the main thing that I don't like uh, about Yarbrough is that he typically limits contact. So – like and the the most likely way that he gives up eight runs is singles, doubles, and the Marlins aren't that good of a hitting team. So, so do I want to play five guys from the Marlins? And then you get into the the issue if you're going to play a five man Marlins stack, even with Marte on DraftKings, he's fifty five hundred. Like this, this is a vomit stack. Yes, it's a, yes. Obviously, I'm the king of the vomit stacks. But then what do you do? So I mean, you're not paying up for pitching. Or you're playing chalk Dodgers with them. So, like, what's the purpose of the five-man stack? So, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I don't mind the one-offs. I don't mind Aguiard or Duvall. Uh, I mean, like, just cheap power. Uh, or even just taking, like, an Alfaro. Just like, oh, okay, 2,400 a catcher. Because catchers, who cares, right? You're just, you're hoping for points and hoping for a home run. Uh, but I know, I know I'm big into the vomit stacks, but I just think on this slate... I'm more likely to differentiate from the Dodgers stack by playing another somewhat expensive stack instead, rather than jam in a, you know, a 16 K combined stack only to have like what leave 4,000 left on the table. So I don't take the Dodgers. It seems kind of pointless. Moving on. We got the Dodgers and the Rockies course, Trevor Bauer, Antonio Sensatella. Um, any interest here in Bauer? If he's not going to pitch, I mean, out of all the pitchers on the slate, even including Snell, you have to admit, Stevie, that Bauer has one of the longest leashes in all of baseball. I mean, outside of maybe like Lance Lynn, like in this first start, probably not, especially for the Dodgers, because we we know that the, the Dodgers, you know, don't like letting their pitchers go, you know, seven or eight innings, you know, 120 pitches. Uh, but I mean, the strikeout upside is here. People are not going to want to play a pitcher in cores. And I know Bauer's a fly ball pitcher, and that's not good. That's not good for the, the the ballpark. But I mean, his K upside is the highest on the slate. And if he ends up being fifteen percent or less owned, being that if you're play, if you're not playing the Dodgers stack, you have all the money in the world. So why not put it? Do you need thirty points out of Bauer? No, no. Is he going to be the he could be the highest scoring pitcher with twenty points? And for GPP, if I have the highest scoring pitcher, then that, that's all I need. So uh, I'm not thrilled about. I don't want to play Bauer, but it's a it's a six it's a six game slate. He's just, he's 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 the it, arguably the best pitcher on the slate. If you want to say him or Snell, but if Snell's going to be sixty plus percent owned and Bauer's going to be fifteen percent owned, and I get to differentiate and still be able to play maybe a three man Dodgers with him, like I I don't I don't mind it, and I don't need I don't need more than twenty points out. 
Yeah, like it's all ownership too. Like if Bauer is going to be 20% owned, this dude had a 36% K rate last season. It's a six-game slate. Like in tournaments, you have to take shots on him. Like I know it's course. You know, he's a fly ball guy. I know all of that stuff. But I also know like this is a dude that throws a lot of like cutters and sliders. And like they're not as affected in cores as like a curveball or a sinker or something along those lines. So I think Bauer is in play in tournaments if the ownership, like if everybody's doing it, okay, let everybody do it. Just play Snell, whatever. Um, so I want to see, I want to see what we are look, we're looking at, like projected ownership. We don't have that night before, like always, but definitely something that I'd be paying attention to on this slate. And then on the other side, we don't have to spend a lot of time here. We're, <laughs> we're not playing Sensatella against the Dodgers in cores. Uh, no, no, they, you're playing the best hitting team. Uh, in the worst in in the worst ballpark to pitch in, uh, not even to be contrarian. It's like, oh, I'm going to fade the Dodgers and then play Sensatella. We've seen weirder things happen uh, at 6,200. Uh, it's it's almost unnecessary. I mean, there are cheap pitchers. I can play Pablo Lopez for 800 more facing the Rays with a 3.8 implied run total. If Sensatella goes out and puts up 24 points a pitcher, then I just just whatever. He's one percent down, and someone gets lucky. Sensatella is a guy 13.5% K rate last season. He, he allows 38% hard contact. Almost everything that comes off the bat is hard. This guy just, he doesn't miss bats. 8% swinging strike rate, 81% contact rate um, in 2020. Like, you're not playing him against the Dodgers. Like, send me money on PayPal or Venmo or something instead of playing Sensatella, and I'll donate it to a charity. And that's better than what you're going to do donating to the DFS game. So, Dodgers stack. They're the best stack on the slate when we're looking at matchup. Like, they're going to be the highest owned stack on the slate, too, because it's way too easy to fit them in with good pitching. What are you doing here with the Dodgers? Uh, <laughs> I'm more likely, obviously, in large field GPPs to play Dodgers as, as one-offs, as, you know, three-man, you know, like as the secondary part. But, I mean, if I if I could find a way to get even like a – like, you know, the Marlins three-man with a five-man Dodgers and maybe not Snell and make that type of lineup. Maybe that has enough leverage. But I, I normally on, on like a 12-game slate or something, I would say, okay, 7.2 implied run total. I'm going to bet on the under. Hope they have 40% ownership and then they bust. But it's a, I mean, it's a six-game slate. They have, they have a seven-point, I mean, like, yeah, to me, you can't avoid the Dodgers. Like, they're going to be in my pool. The whole lineup, I don't care. Play Gavin Lux, play Will Smith, play whoever. The prices, I mean, they're, my bets is 6,200. Everyone else is, you know, Lux is 4,100. Everyone else is in the 5Ks. Oh, that's an expensive stack. Yeah, put the five-man stack together and then fill out the rest of your lineup. You're like, oh, okay, that was a little too easy. So the only concern I have is that the all these guys are going to be super-duper owned. Uh, but that that doesn't mean you have to avoid them completely. So I, th there's no specific people that I, I would, there's no, there's no plays on the Dodgers. The whole Dodgers are in play. If you're like, well, should I play AJ Pollock or, or, or a guy from another? No, just play the Dodger. Just as long as you don't need the leverage, just plug in a Dodger. It sends a teller it's Coors field. Most likely scenario is you get killed. Now the other side of this, right? The Rockies side, um, I expect the Rockies to be very low owned here. Um, like their cores priced, they're facing Trevor Bauer. Is there like a 
uh, a reason why we should be looking at the Rockies here? Well, Bauer, fly ball pitcher. I want power guys. I want especially power lefties. So maybe Tapia, I mean, yeah, in part of a stack, but I don't mind like McMahon. I don't mind Blackman. I don't mind, uh, I mean, even by I mean, obviously Story and Crone. Uh, I think people, I think they're not my favorite, like off the board, kind of like against like a good pitcher type of stack. We'll get to that. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I could stack against Bauer, but I have no problem in, in my non-Bauer lineups playing the power back. I, I really, I, I, I don't want to play guys like even like, like Fuentes or Tapia. I want like the, I want the Blackmans. I want to pay, I want to pay up because if I'm not playing Bauer, I'm going to have plenty of money. Right. And if I'm not playing a five man Dodger stack, I have plenty of money anyway. So uh, compared to the other shorts to play compared to Seager and compared to Tatis, like story is going to be like pretty, pretty low owned for a six game slate. And if anyone's going to hit a dinger off of Bauer, it's probably going to be story or Blackman or someone in that. So like shortstop wise, I think you get a lot of leverage by playing story over Seager and Tatis. And that's one way to get different for GPPs. Um, moving on, we have the White Sox and the Angels, Dallas Keuchel, Andrew Heaney, the battle of the lefties, um, in this one, let's start here with Keuchel uh, again, not really like a big K guy, um, facing a, a, a different lineup for the Angels this season. Um, you know, we're so used to like the non-strikeout Angels. They are still looking like they're going to be a pretty heavy contact team. Any interest here in Keuchel? I, I put him in. I put him as uh, you know. If you're going to play Yarborough at 8,300, just find the 400 and play Dallas Keuchel. I mean, I think Keuchel's a way better pitcher than Ryan Car- Yarborough. Uh, but I mean, but the implied run total is 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 actually more than a half a run different. So if, I mean, we see a lot of totals on the slate that are under four, and both of these totals are 4.1 and 4.5. So it's still, I mean, still lowish. But uh, if I had the choice, I'm not going to play a pitcher that has to face Trout and Rendon. And, yeah, Upton maybe strikes out, but they have power. I know he's a ground ball pitcher, but, you know, the Angels are a good hitting team. So uh, Keuchel is – I, I don't want to call him a safe pitcher for this slate. He's less likely to get blown up, but he's also less likely to – you know, if he's only going to pitch five innings, like how many strikeouts do you expect in five innings? So like if he gets hit up at all, like that's the problem with Keuchel. It's like if he has a bad inning, like he doesn't go, come out and, and throw six strikeouts in the next three. It's like, no, you're going to see a negative score for a while. So I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about him. I mean, I just don't know where he beats this team. Like that's I think that's my biggest problem. Um they might not crush him in this spot, but like he's he's a massive fly ball or ground ball guy, and we have Trout, Rendon, Upton, all fly ball guys. So I, I, I'm just worried overall for the upside. Um, I, I'm more likely to go down to like Pablo Lopez than play Keiko here. Um, the other side, we got Heaney. Uh, I think Heaney's somewhat interesting here. I know the White Sox, they have some power in this lineup, but they also had a couple injuries in the spring training that definitely weakened the lineup. Um, what's your thoughts on Heaney? Uh, Heaney's a perfect type of pitcher. He's very similar to Robbie Ray. Not as much as Robbie Ray. 
He needs someone that I like when he's lower owned. And when he's higher owned, I like stacking against him because he has the propensity as a fly ball pitcher, propensity to give up power. And uh, the Angels ballpark is actually pretty good for hitters. And if we take a look at this, this White Sox stack, we'll, which we'll get to, uh, they're, priced, they're priced up, which means their ownership is going to be down. So, like, really, to me, Heaney comes down to ownership. I typically, I play Heaney last year or whatever, the non-COVID year. I don't know what we call last year with the only 60 games or whatever. I lump it all together. But, I mean, I play in Heaney a lot. He typically projects pretty well. He's a strikeout pitcher. But he could easily, two innings, eight runs. He could, Luis Castillo it up, like like what happened today. Uh, so if he's going to be 30-plus percent owned, not a big fan of him. But if he's, if, if we're going to see guys like Lopez and 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 some of the, the cheaper pitchers, Kikuchi or something, be higher owned, and Heaney's going to come in at like 10 to 12% owned on a six-game slate. That I'm more likely to just play him and hope for hope for the upside. He is the definition of what I like to call baseball hedge, and like this is this is something I talk about all the time. I love hedging in baseball. I play a lot of one to three entry max. I might play Heaney on a team and stack against him on another team because it like I, I get the ceiling. I think either way, he's not a guy that typically will give up like two runs. He's either probably going to give up a few home runs or strike out ten, and like. He's like the definition of a, you know, hedge type of pitcher. You can you can stack against him on one team and play him on another, and nobody will call you stupid. That's pretty much what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Like when we're looking at the White Sox bats, um, obviously you can play Anderson, you can play Abreu, Garcia is someone that's super interesting. Um, Moncada would probably be the guy that like. I think a lot of people would stack in their White Sox stack just because of his position in the order, but I'd rather go like Luis Robert or somebody um, over a guy like Moncada. Well, I like the fact that the, the, the White Sox have a shortstop and a catcher in the first five spots in the order, so that that helps out stack-wise. And these prices are expensive, 5500 5, They're going to be so low-owned right, on because slate. Right, because you look at the Dodgers and go, well, why am I playing the why am I playing the White Sox with a 4.1 implied run total when the the, the Dodgers are oh, the line just went up. It's 7.6 runs now for, for the Dodgers. <laughs> so that's what I mean by being different. Instead of typically I look for the vomit stacks so I can play the stud pitchers on this type of slate. The way to get different is to play a similarly priced stack to the Dodgers, hope the Dodgers bust. And then your team yeah, does do the White Sox have to come out and put out 12 runs. No, if they put up eight and the Dodgers only put up four, you win. Because the Dodgers are going to be, you know, eight times more owned than the White Sox stack. Uh, we may get. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in the player pool. Andrew Vaughn, are they? Uh, is he going to be in the lineup? I'm not sure if he's he's available on on DraftKings. Uh, but but I think this white this White Sox team, even with uh, Eloy out, I mean, this is a this is a pretty good lineup. I mean, we don't get the, you know, last year we always had like the seven eight nine with the the uh, Adam Engel and, and Mendick and like guys that strike out like 38% of the time. I think, I think this White Sox team while still being a fairly high strikeout team. Uh, I don't, I just, I just don't think this year at the bottom of the order is going to be as bad as it has been. So we're going to be playing the White Sox a lot this year, even without Eloy. Andrew Vaughn is 2k on DK top prospect 2K. in the White Sox organization. Um, and you can play him at first base or outfield. 
So, like, if you're stacking a Bray, you, you can get him in both spots. Well, there we go. So now the stack gets even cheaper. Yeah, this um, this one's super interesting. So, um, yeah, he um, he might be like the de- like the default like chalk value play on this slate that everybody's going to end up playing. So, it depends on where he bats. If he bats like eighth or ninth, maybe not. I I would guess he'd bat in that like seven, eight, nine range. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. He might not even play. I, I think he will, but he didn't start opening day. That's kind of a kick in the nuts to the top prospect in your organization. Um, let's go angels bats. Anything standing out to you here for the angels? I, I want the, I want the fly ball righties. I mean, yep. pretty much that you like against Keiko. He's a ground ball pitcher. You want guys that can hit the ball in the air. So basically talking about trout, Rendon and Upton. Maybe pool holes. Okay. You, you always have to throw a pool old man pool holes in, in the conversation. He's never sexy to, to play, but he's 2,900 on DraftKings. So, like, I'm willing to play Andrew Vaughn at 2K. Why not play Albert Pools? The complete other side of the spectrum. The guy that that's old enough to be Andrew Vaughn's dad, probably. Uh, so, like, yeah, I'm looking at that, that, the, that hard of the order, whether or not to stack him. The Angels. I mean, now they've gotten a little bit better that they don't have like seven outfielders in a row in their lineup. But uh, but this bottom of the order, like Iglesias, Stasi, like just Keuchel just rarely ever gives up, like, you know, just blows up and gives up 10 runs. So it's a six-game slate. Obviously, you could do whatever you want because there's so limited options. But uh, I'm more likely to use the Angels as one-offs than a stack. Yeah, Um I think like the guy that like I really want to bat like six in this game is Stassi. Um, He's man, never gonna you... bat six. I know, I know. I can. Get, I know like, you like I... your cheap catchers. I know your cheap catchers. Yeah, but they but... might give Otani the day off, so Stassi might actually get like a. Uh you know, decent spot or I don't know. I like he's, he's, he's probably like my favorite punt catcher on this slate. So we'll see. Only cause Jeff Mathis isn't on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I played uh Barnhart. I don't even know what he did. Um, I, I stopped looking after Hendricks got killed. Um, like, uh, I had Castillo on FanDuel too, one pitcher site. So, um, opening day, I, I didn't look very much, but, uh, love the ownership. I had the I right game. I, I had the Rangers Royals st- game stack. I had the right game, but Castillo's negative 14 kind of defeats the purpose of it. I talked about that game yesterday. I really liked that game. Um, you would have called it a dumpster stack. I loved it. Um, Gallo, I think that Gallo had a, a big game and he was somebody that I highlighted a lot in the podcast yesterday. Uh, moving on, we got the Astros and the Athletics. Uh, Christian Javier against Jesus Lazardo. Um, any interest here in Javier? I like I like both pitchers from a raw talent perspective. I just have a concern of how how many pitches they're going to pitch because these are both guys that even in the middle of the season they were only getting you know eighty they were getting yanked at eighty two or something. So uh, like the 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 A's are a much better hitting team than people think that they are uh they've upgraded uh, from people that contact hitters also uh this year uh i mean he's 6500 sure yeah i i he's fine but is he gonna pitch more than four innings i mean that to me that's that's my only concern with both pitchers in this game good ballpark uh two good hitting teams but like i don't much i don't i don't much rather attack uh 
if all the pitchers are only going to pitch five innings or so, I'd rather attack worse teams than these two teams. I would take the under on 85 pitches for both of these guys um, for what it's worth. Like Javier only threw 70 or 75 pitches in his final start, like for preseason and Lazardo was supposed to pitch over the weekend and they skipped his start and like he did a simulated bullpen. So I would be shocked if either one of these guys pitched deep into this game. And I've been wrong before, but um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just kind of guessing. Um, let's go to the other side. Lazardo. it's the same concern, right? It's, it's probably not pitching deep, facing a team that just doesn't strike out against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I mean, the Astros are the Astros. They're a good-hitting team. Lazardo has strikeout upside, but... Like, if he gets into trouble in any inning and he's only going to pitch 80 pitches, uh-oh. I mean, you're just going to run out of time for him to get those strikeouts. So, so yeah, like, it, if this was the middle of the season and these prices or whatever, and it was a larger slate and there were more options, sure. But just, like, I don't know how many points you're going to need from pitcher today anyway. So, like, just understand that. If, 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 if Snell doesn't do well or Lopez doesn't do well or Heaney doesn't do that well, and everyone's sitting around 14, 15 points, like any of these pitchers will do. Like Javier getting 12 points or Lazardo getting 14 points. Okay, you, you did it. You did it. It's just that I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see 20-plus point upside from, from either of these pitchers. So when all the things being equal, I'd just rather target, target other teams. Well, let's talk bats here for Houston. Like I just said, they're not a team that really strikes out against left-handed pitching. Lazardo was definitely a splits pitcher last season. Very, very good against lefties. Gives up a lot of hard contact, a lot of power to righties. Um, any interest in the Houston bats? Well, they're going to be low owned also because their stack is going to be almost as expensive as a Dodgers stack. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I still, I'm, it's a hard sell to, you know, to spend this much on a five man when, I think I could just pick off one-offs from here, like like Altuve at second base, like like the weaker positions. I like the fact that the Astros have Altuve and Correa, but I mean shortstop is a is I mean shortstop's not a weak position anymore, right? Shortstop used to be oh you have to the thirty six hundred dollar utility infielder. Now when you have Tatis and Seager and Story and those guys every slate, like okay then it's not really that weak of a position anymore, uh, but. But I could see myself playing Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Guriel at 3,600, something like that, like as a three-man, one-offs, that type of thing. But, I mean, the, the Astros only have a 3.7 implied run total. Like, that's that's literally less than half of the Dodgers. And they're going to be about as expensive to five-man. So, like, just, like, if they're 1% owned, sure, great. But I don't even think they'll be that low. They'll be low. But I, I still think for the for the for the expectation, I'd still I'd still rather find a way to play a Dodger stack contrarian wise in the rest of my lineup than go like I'm off the Dodgers. I'm gonna play a five man Astro stack with a less than four implied run total. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely way more interested in taking some one offs here, but I don't mind using them as a secondary stack either. Um let's go Oakland. Oakland bats, anything standing out here for the Oakland side? I think the stack is a little bit cheaper because if they if they lead off with like Canha, Loriano, they're under 4K. Then you mix in Chapman and Olsen. 
Uh, you know, one thing I don't like about the Astros, they typically have a very good bullpen. And obviously everyone's going to be available now. Uh, or mo- most most of them are going to be available. Uh, they're going to be low. I mean, the A's are going to be low on, but at least they have the 4.4 implied run total. And if Javier gets into trouble, like Sean Murphy, if he bats fifth, he's a catcher. So like the positions kind of line up. You get an outfielder, an outfielder, a third baseman, a first baseman, a catcher. Like, I don't mind. I'm not rushing out. This is not a... Like, oh, yes, I got to play the A's against Javier in Oakland. It's more of the fact of I'm, I'm just trying to find ways to be different from the Dodgers. And price-wise, like, I still think I could get Snell plus SP2 plus a five-man Oakland stack and then get two Dodgers and, and be different enough and afford everything. The only thing that stinks about stacking Oakland is, like, the meat of the stack is Moreland and Olsen, and they're both first base. So... so... I think that's the only thing that kind of stinks about stacking this team in general. I think like you can make the chat, the the stack really cheap. If you go Moreland over Olsen, um, you can get it way down in price because what Sean Murphy, is he expensive? He's 4k um, Chapman's 52, but you know, you have Loriano who should bat up towards the top of the order at 36. You know, we'll, we'll have to see if like, if they play Connor or they play Piscotti, but you know, both of those guys kind of in that like mid range too. So you could definitely make the Oakland stack work. Um, it's just sinks that they're, they're both first basements. You know, Max Stassi just hit a home run. That's a lineup spot tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what you think he could do it twice in a row? That's right. When he gets hot, right? Um, moving on, we got. The Giants and the Mariners, Johnny Cueto against Yusei uh, Kikuchi. Let's start with Cueto. Um, any interest in Cueto here? Meh. I mean, the, Mar- the Mariners aren't a very good team, but they, I mean, the Mariners have a 4.3 implied run total. So, like, I don't know. I just I just prefer Lopez. I prefer Heaney. I prefer other guys. But, I mean, Cueto is, is meh. I mean, he's a name, but he's not that great of a pitcher. He he's a name that five, six, seven years ago we'd definitely be more interested in here. Um, I just I can't do it. I, I can't like I, I would play so many other guys on this slate before I play Johnny Cueto. Um, the other side we got you say who Kikuchi. Um, this is a guy that like last season he showed some strikeout upside both sides of the plate. My only issue is like the Giants, they have a lot of those like right-handed guys that they can kind of throw at Kikuchi here. And he is a guy that gave up a lot of hard contact. A lot of balls hit very hard against righties last season. Yeah, but he's 6K. They, uh, they DK always underprices him. I mean, on FanDuel, no. I think on FanDuel, he's 7,700 for a single pitcher. I don't think I'm going to play him there. But at 6,000, he's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be one of these things where either Lopez is going to be chalk as an SP2 or Heaney's going to be chalk as an SP2 or Kikuchi's going to be chalk as an SP2. So to me, Kikuchi is in very similar mold as maybe not as much as Heaney, where if Kikuchi's 6K and 38% owned, okay, I'll play someone else. If he's 12% owned, then I'm playing Kikuchi because I'm not, am I scared of the Giants? No. But, you know, Kikuchi has, an, has, has enough strikeout upside, pitching 85 whatever pitches. Uh, 
there are strikeouts in this lineup. Crawford and Dubon and Belt and Solano, Yastrzemski, lefty, lefty. Yeah, I mean, there, there are strikeouts here to be had. Uh, and it's only 6K. So how many points do I realistically need? Give me 12 points. I may be fine. Yeah, I get it. Um, it it kind of goes back to like the conversation we were having about Heaney. I think you could play Kikuchi on a team, and I think you could stack the Giants against him on the on a different team. Because when I said at the beginning of the show, like there was a cheap stack that I liked, this is it. Um, I, I don't love the ballpark. I don't love anything about it, but I love the fact that like the Giants are on the road, and the Giants are super cheap. Like you can you can stack the heart of the order with the Dodgers and, and get the pitching that you want on this slate. So like, this is like my, my cheap stack today. And they're not even, trust me, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to even cheaper stacks, uh, they're, but they're not the cheapest stack, but they do even with your at five K on DraftKings, everyone else on the team is under four K. So any five man stack that you make is going to be under 20 K, right? We could even throw one, two, three, four. Yeah. You could, it, it, it qualifies as a vomit stack. So yeah. You, you could do it, but I mean, I just think that 6K for Kikuchi is cheap enough that I may want to use him rather than stack the Giants. So, they, I mean, because there's even cheaper stacks on the, the I mean, there's, there's, I mean, we'll talk about the, the Mariners are cheaper than the, the Giants and the Mariners are the one with the 4.3 implied run total. Yeah, um... I get it. I get like the Mariners stack obviously makes a ton of sense too, but don't you think the Mariners are going to be more popular than the Giants? I don't think either of them are going to be that popular. I mean, I think it's going to be the Dodgers and then something who knows what this next uh, highest owned stack are, but I mean, look, you have Evan White, Taylor Trammell. I mean, yeah, I'm just naming people that I don't even know what they look like. Like this is, this is how, this is how kind of crappy Ty France is batting, possibly batting second. And Ty Francis has like a 30-whatever percent strikeout rate for the Padres uh, the other year. So, like, I'm not thrilled about playing the Mariners, but, like, Mitch Hanniger, he's 3,100. I mean, we, we were playing Mitch Hanniger at, at points at 5K+. plus. The only thing is that Cueto, while not being a great pitcher anymore, he's not a horrible pitcher. So he's, he's not necessarily someone that's prone to get completely blown up. So that would be my only concern, but it is a six-game slate. So how many runs do you need? The highest scoring team may only score seven runs. And if it's the Mariners, yeah, give it to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk Mariners stack. Um, obviously, Mitch Haniger is back. He's 3,100. Um, you know, should be towards the top of the order here. Kyle Seeger had a really under-the-radar solid year last year. Like, he's expensive, but, you know, he had a he had a solid year – like just looking at some of these names um this is like definition of a vomit stack because you don't know half the names in this lineup um yeah i think i I hear what you're saying on seattle i'm definitely looking at you know these two teams as like cheaper options on this slate yeah but we'll get to the next game with the cheapest team in the history of uh, dk (laughs) dk baseball i mean i've never seen a stack the diamondback stack is at the dollar store today yeah, for good reason. Uh, moving on, we finish out with the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Merrill Kelly against Blake Snell. Um, we'll start here with Merrill Kelly. Um, man, like any interest here in Kelly whatsoever? 
Not against the Padres. I mean, are we at the point where like the Padres lineup is as good, if not better than the Dodgers lineup? I wouldn't go. It's as good, right? It's close. Maybe the maybe the top five. Maybe you can make the case. Jerks and Profar, like no Cronenworth. Okay, but I mean no. I mean the Dodgers are. I mean, the Dodgers are batting A.J. Pollock seventh. I mean, come on. Like, like the, There's a very big difference between A.J. Pollock and Jerks and Profar and Victor Caratini. So, yeah, the Padres, the top five maybe, but uh, Merrill Kelly sucks. So, like, uh, the Padres have a 4.9 implied run total. Uh, you could even, I mean, you could play bits and pieces even with the Dodgers. I think the, the Padres are going to be the second highest owned stack as a five man and you can play a five man Padre stack with three Dodgers, especially when they DK is still not priced up. Tommy fam past 3,200 for whatever reason, he's going to be super chalk, especially in cash. I mean, he'll be chalking GPPs, but in cash game play, like he should be like 4,800 in this lineup. Uh, so you combine fam with like four other Padres like you could easily play a pot. I mean, this is a slate. It's a six game slate. You could play a Padres Dodgers Snell SP two lineup with no problem. The problem is uh, everyone else is going to do. Um, Blake Snell on the other side. Uh, I think it's interesting. Like we talked about Arizona a lot last season. They were just not a team that typically struck out a lot uh, against left-handed pitching. Blake Snell is elite. Like he's a, an elite strikeout pitcher. Um, 14% uh, swing and strike rate, 14.6% swing and strike rate um, last season. Without looking, I bet you that's really close to top 10 last year. Um, what are your thoughts here on Snell? The, the only thoughts I have is how long is it going to go? Really? That's, that's what it comes down we to. We have you no idea. Me. New team. Right, you don't, like, right. Yeah. But that's like the kids point. Kids gloves but... last year, all year. But is this going to be a st- spot where Blake Snell can actually pitch? No, it's probably not. But, I mean, if every pitcher is going to only pitch five innings, Snell gives me the guy that's going to strike out the most. (laughs) Right. But that, but that's the, but that's the point. It's like, okay, really the upside comes into how many pitches he's going to pitch. Cause I, I have no problem playing him against the diamondback. So the only issue I, the the only issue I would have on this slate is that he could easily be 70% owned. And then we start coming into like, when do, when, when, when do we not play him? And hopefully he only gets like 12 points and you don't need him. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm probably only playing a single entry today, and I'm playing him. <laughs> um, probably won't win, but I, I, I don't know. It's just this is a spot. I think you you play Snell. If you don't play Snell, you play Bauer. If you play Snell, you could play Bauer with him to be different. Um, I don't know. This is a this is an interesting interesting spot, but there's just maybe two potentially three guys in this lineup that beats Snell. I don't know. So uh, what's your thoughts on the Arizona bats? Well, they're free. I mean, that's they're that's they're free for a reason. They're facing the, <laughs> the best pitcher on the slate, but that you see the problem here. What I would love to do, Stevie is have Snell be 70% owned and then stack against him because that would, that's, that's ultimate leverage when a guy's going to, a pitcher is going to be that owned. And the and the Diamondback stack is like is under fifteen. I mean, like fifteen five. You could make the stack. Well, the problem comes in. Okay, if you're not going to play Snell, and you get a stack against him and play a stack for fifteen k, then what are you doing the rest of your life? I mean, like, what are you doing just lately? 
You go to the dollar store, you bought the thing for you bought something for a dollar, and then you left your wallet at the store that has a hundred bucks in it. Just just leave it on the table. It doesn't matter. I I know I got the discount, but let's just leave eight thousand dollars on the table. So like that's my problem. If there were other like ace aces, like am I gonna do that and play Bauer plus Keichel? I mean, I I, I mean you can. But the only the only reason I'm I'm even mentioning the Diamondbacks is because they're extremely cheap and they may be up against a super duper owned pitcher. Like if Snell is like 48% owned, screw it, I'm playing Snell. I mean, like then who care? But I mean, if we're gonna see 70 plus percent in large field GPPs, like I hope maybe he has a couple of walks, right? Gives up a couple of runs, comes out at 80 pitches. And he's sitting there with four points and, and and three quarters of the lineups in the contest have, have him. And I have the negatively correlated diamondbacks to go against him. Like to me, it's completely just a large field play at that point. But even if he's the chalkiest pitcher on the slate at just like 40, 50%, like I'd still rather, I'd still play him. It's just like, what, what's that ownership going to be? Cause I think if Barrow was at home and not at Coors, then it would be a little bit more balanced. I just think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are going to like, if they're going to pay up at pitching, which they can and still play the Dodgers, they're just going to just lock in Snell and just the ownership could be nuts. Padres bats. You kind of already said it. I think they're going to be right up there um, with the Dodgers on the slate. Just in general, um, they were, they were very popular on opening day. This is a smaller slate. There's not many ways that in people's minds that, teams are going to be able to keep up with the Dodgers. So they're going to be up there in ownership. Luckily they're up there in price um, outside of fam <laughs> um, outside of fam. And, you know, for the most part, like you just play Cronenworth at second base and you're set. <laughs> yeah, the price, old, the price, the price of DK is just like, what are they doing? Like old school, um, old school listeners will understand the Cronenworth joke. Oh, did I not get it? No, I don't, I'm old school like, enough. Cronenworth hasn't been in the league that long. I've been on, I've been on the morning grind <laughs> as long as the Cronenworth and I. This is my dude. <laughs> I, mean, I thought cheap that Jeff Mathis is your dude. Listen, Jeff, Ma- I probably played Jeff Mathis more than anybody in the industry. I punt catcher more than anybody in the industry too, so that's not saying much. I don't like. I wish like when DK and Fanduel sent out those things. I wish they could tell you like how many times in one year you paid up over like a certain amount, three K on Fanduel or four K on DK for catcher. I bet you it's a handful. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's who's the cheap secondary stack that I can pay down at catcher and put him in my secondary stack? <laughs> um. All right. All joking aside, talk to me here about the Padres the Padres play them all I mean once you have fam in your stack you can do anything you want I mean so what what do we have to talk about Tatis Machado Hosmer who hit a home run today Myers you could afford these I mean you could afford it's play whoever you want day you could play Dodgers plus Padres plus 22 as, as long as you're not playing Bauer plus Snell like you could you could you could fit anyone in so like I don't think they're going to be low enough owned. I think it's not going to be like the Dodgers are super owned and then, then it's the Padres and then a whole bunch of other teams. I think the Padres will be well enough. On. I think plenty of people will try to be sneaky 
and go, well, the Dodgers are going to be high owned. So I'm just going to play the next best stack and the Padres. And then Tatis is still 32% owned and Machado is 22% owned and, and fam is 47% owned. So I don't think, even think you're getting much of an ownership discount here. Uh, but if I do play the Padres, I would want to mix in the bottom of their order a bit, like playing a Profar or a Cronenworth, Caratini fitting a catcher in your stack type of thing, rather than, you know, make my three-man secondary be like Tatis Machado Myers or Fam or something, because, I mean, that's what other secondary stacks are going to be. Before we get into the morning grind game, um, as promised, we're going to play, or I'm going to give out my super draft play of the day. Um, 1.75 multiplier hitter today, Will Myers. Um, that's a very, very good multiplier. We just got done talking about um, the Padres in general. And yeah, Myers is a guy that is definitely better against left-handed pitching, but he has the same type of power numbers against both sides of the plate or both sides of the mound. Um Really like Will Myers over there on Super Draft for 1.75x. Uh, I think he is a really strong um, tournament or cash game play at that multiplier. Um, all right, Blender, let's get into the morning grind game for baseball. We're going to start. This slate's super interesting for this game. Are they the same questions? I never remember the questions. Anyway. They are the, the same question. I did not change them yet. Um, okay. Had a couple people reach out in DMs on Twitter today about like suggestions, and maybe I mix it up, but... Right now, this is what I'm rolling with. Under 8K on DraftKings uh, to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I'll, I'll, I'll take the risk with Andrew Heaney. I, I think that's the guy. I'll go Pablo Lopez. I think those are the two guys that probably have the the most upside to get, or closest upside to probably get eight or, or six or more strikeouts on the slate. Um, Over 8K to go under 15 any bust at the pitcher position there's only four there right over 8k yep yeah there's only four you're right um, or three no four yeah you're right four. four yeah i'll go with ryan yarborough yeah that, that's again i think that's the, the clear option here um just pitch count and everything i'm gonna go keichel uh, and it's more of just like you said when we were breaking it down if he gives up a couple runs, he's not going to go out and strike out the side in the next inning. So I think if someone's going to get under 15, it's him as well. Um, over 4K, hitters-wise, to hit a home run, not in course. Right, the not in – I always remember the not in course. Not in course. Not in course. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do the hedge in the morning grind game because we're going to do it in DFS. we got to do it in the morning grind game. So I took Heaney – before and the other question, I'm going to take a Brayu for this question. I like it. Um, I'm going to go Rendon um, against Keuchel. I think he's a really strong tournament play at 5.4K that people are not going to be playing a lot of. Um, under 4K, not in course, to get two hits. Tommy Pham. <laughs> I like it. Taking the chalk. I'm going to. I'm going to go chalky too. I'm going to go Andrew Vaughn gets the gets his major league debut. And gets two hits in his major league debut um, in this one. So it's not that chalky. If he bats eighth, he may only get three at bats. Yeah, there you go. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. <laughs> Dodgers. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers. <laughs> so um, that's not the Dodgers. Okay, sure. If, if if I had to choose, not the Dodgers and not the Padres. 
There you that go. Would be the next, Make it fun. That, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's only 12 teams to choose from. Uh, now, 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 I'm gonna go to the White Sox. I think, I think the White. I, I'm gonna, I'm, I will be playing the White Sox against Heaney tomorrow, regardless of how much Heaney's owned. I will at least have one White Sox stack. Yeah, I'll go San Francisco. Uh, I think even with them like being on the road too, getting that you you know you're guaranteed that top of the ninth. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, finish us out. Any over under against spread or money line? Anything standing out to you in this one? Well, you know me. I like coming up with the bets that the books don't take. Right? I make my own bets. Okay, here's the bet for the because it's a new baseball season. You never know. We come off of this NBA season, the NBA injury reports, and we, we, it's all nuts. So the one thing we know in uh, in baseball that drives us nuts uh, in on night slates is when uh, Joe Madden is going to put in the Angels lineup. Is it is it going over over or under? When's lock time? Seven ten. This is a nine thirty eight p.m. Eastern game. So would you say it's it locks at seven ten? Would you you know would you take the the over or under at at seven ten that the Angels lineup will actually be in under? And let's make it fun. I send out a tweet every day of the podcast. Every day I, I tweet out the podcast with the link and all that stuff. Reply to that tweet with the exact time that you think it's going to start, and the winner who guesses the right time will get a Roto Grinders T shirt. If there is a tie, I'll assign you guys a number and I'll do random.org and whoever gets the random will get the t-shirt. But exact time. You have to have the exact, exact time. time. <laughs> not if nobody gets it, if nobody gets it, I think you're on the morning grind either next week or the week after. And we'll give out two shirts and we'll have some fun with it. Okay. Now you'll be more prepared now. Well, you're gonna know. you're gonna have like a really random like odds that you're gonna that you're going to set. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to get to a point where we're giving out 14 t-shirts or something. Well, listen, if nobody gets it, <laughs> person, what's the, why are we giving out two t-shirts to one person? No, you'd give it out to two. Out of two uh, we'll, people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we haven't thought this out much. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I did this. On, I, I don't even know if we're shipping road grinders t-shirts, but Hey, we'll figure it out. If um, we're not. so i like the over in the san francisco seattle game Uh, i think that's uh, a game it's sitting at eight right now um it opened at eight it's sitting at eight there's a couple sites that have it at eight and a half i like the over in that game um i don't know if it'd be a game that's super popular as far as betting so i like the over in that one um any final thoughts before we get out of here nope i'm on the pregame show if you don't if you don't know since i haven't been on the morning grind in a while 11 o'clock Eastern every morning, Monday through Friday, just weekdays, uh, is the, the DFS pregame show. We've transitioned to baseball. So I'll be on, you know, Friday morning, 11 o'clock. The only times I'm not on is when there's a Grinders Live because there's a, you know, a, an afternoon, whatever, like like today. And typically I'm, I'll be on Grinders Live then. So you most likely see me on YouTube, on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel, 11 o'clock in the morning. But we do a review of the previous slate. We talk a little bit about today's slate. You learn a bit. You come and ask strategy questions. We have a good time with the chat. I bring my apple juice. Everyone keeps it cold with the like button. And uh, and so so join me. That's where I'm going to be. If you haven't heard me in a long time uh, on the morning grind, 
Uh, tune into YouTube 11 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday on Rotogrind. And he is the man behind the theory of DFS.com. So you guys check that out if you haven't already. Um, awesome course that him and Mr. McCool worked on together. And you can check that out at theoryofdfs.com. It's going to wrap it up here for Friday. Hope everyone has an awesome Eastern weekend. I'm excited. I can't lie. This is the first weekend I've had off in forever. It feels like, and it's the last weekend I have off in forever because NASCAR um, is going a hundred miles an hour after Easter weekend. So yes, enjoy your weekend, have fun with your family and um, we'll see you guys on Monday. Good luck. And we'll see you then.